clap offering right now. Come on, give Jesus. Can we give Jesus the biggest round of applause right now? Spirit of God is here. Well, you can remain standing, and I know you've been standing for worship, but you're going to be sitting for a little while, so. But uh, such an honor to be here with you guys tonight once again. I'm also always humbled to be here, and you have the greatest pastors. Come on, do you love your pastors? Aren't they amazing? Just, I mean, I could sit next to them during worship all the time. Come on, right? They, 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 they got the new look with the old wineskin. I like that. That's me. And uh, so, no, we're, we're, we love them so much. And so honored to have at, uh, the, the pastors that he had stand up, Pastor Randy, Pastor Billy, were our youth pastors. And uh, we sent them out to New York. They're like spiritual children to us. We're super proud of them. And uh, they're here tonight. I'm also grateful to have my two children with us. My, my, my two little kids. Why don't you wave your hands real quick? They're my kids. My daughter just celebrated her 16th birthday yesterday. And uh, she's here and she's, she loves it. I, I went by and gave them a big fist bump, you know, as I always do before I preach. And my son looks at me and says, Dad, you need to dress a little cooler. I'm like, brother, you better remember who buys your clothes. Amen. Open up your Bibles, if you can, to the book of, to the book of Luke chapter 8, the book of Luke, the 8th chapter, and we're going to start reading in verse 40. I got a word tonight. It's going to hit you. In about the next 30 minutes, the Holy Spirit's going to fill this place. He's going to rest your soul. Just get ready. Might as well forget about everything that happened this week. You're going to understand why you've been attacked the last couple of days. He didn't want you to be here tonight. Luke chapter 8, it says, So it was when Jesus returned to the multitudes, they welcomed him, for, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And, and he fell down at Jesus' feet, and he begged him. To come to his house. Now I could park there for a moment. You know he's not a man of faith. Because faith doesn't beg. Faith receives. So he's not a covenant child. Covenant child, covenant children don't beg. You don't got to sit there and, oh God, can you heal my family? No, no, no. That's, that, you're acting outside your covenant. You got a covenant right to tell God, God come and heal my family. And he says this, and for he, he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him, and now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind, pressed through, and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped, and Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes touch you. They're all touching you. And you say, who touched me? But Jesus says, no, somebody touched me. For I felt power come out of me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling, falling down before him, and she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So while he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Don't you like how doubt always tries to come to interrupt faith? Don't, do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered saying, do not be afraid. Only believe. And she will be made well. When, when he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her. But he said, do not weep. She's not dead. She's asleep. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, saying, little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately. 
And he commanded that she be given something to eat. I want to take the next few minutes and talk to you a message I've entitled, The Facts Are Not Final. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the spirit of revelation and give our minds illumination that we would experience transformation. God, I pray you give us a mind to perceive and a heart to receive all that you have. And I ask that after this message, we will never be the same in Jesus' name. Come on, and all the people that came out for the second night of spiritual renewal, say amen. Amen. Well, before you see it, give someone a high five and tell them you look good tonight. You look good tonight. The one thing that I love about the Bible is that the Bible is this one story. It's this one big wedding story about how a savior or a groom wants a bride. But within this large story that consists of 66 books, there are smaller stories. And yet these stories have details to them because the details matter. There's a lot of things in the Bible that we just kind of overlook, but yet we don't realize the significance of those small details. Jesus found himself coming off of miracles that he was doing, and there was crowds waiting for him. The crowds are always present when the presence of God is moving. The best way to build a crowd is not by systems or strategy, but the best way to build a crowd is to always have the presence of God in the house. And so the presence of God was there and Jesus was, 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 was coming and, and there were people waiting for him. And the Bible says that there was this man who was a ruler of a synagogue, details. And he came and he fell at the feet of Jesus begging him, would you come and heal my daughter? Now, knowing that he was the ruler of the synagogues would let us know that he had relationships with a lot of the Pharisees and Sadducees that were the ones out there ridiculing Jesus. It's amazing that when you're desperate, come on, your ridiculing will stop. Your cynicism will stop. You being cynical will stop. Because desperation has something to do with the fact that you'll begin to realize that everybody else will fail you, but possibly the one that you've been talking about or the place you've been talking about is the actual place that you'll come and get your miracle because that's what God does. Hurting people talk about the church, but when they need a miracle, they know where to run to. Folks always talk about Jesus. They question him until they're in need of a miracle. They'll start running to him. And so this, this, this ruler came and begged Jesus to come and he told him that my daughter is dying. And then he told her, which he didn't have to tell her, all he needed to say was, well, my daughter who is young is dying. But he said, my daughter who is 12 years of age is dying. And so all of a sudden Jesus was on one path heard his request, changed paths, said, I'll go to your house. This man who was not even a covenant, in covenant with God, got Jesus to change course and go to his house. Jesus was on his way to heal that 12-year-old girl. And while he was going, there came this lady whom the Bible in its details tells us that she had been bleeding for 12 years. For 12 years she went to all kinds of physicians and they couldn't heal her. The scriptures say that she came and she touched the hem and, and she was healed. It's interesting that this story connects two generations. But they all have one thing in common. One was bleeding for 12 years. The next was dying at 12 years. 12 is the number or the biblical number of authority or government, order or completion. 
And so what we can recognize is that one was dying and the other one was bleeding. So it lets me know that both their bodies were out of order. And they needed the power of God that brings the authority to bring completion to what's out of order. And so the Bible says that this woman who was bleeding for 12 years represents the now generation. But yet the girl who was dying at 12 years of age represents the next generation. It's interesting that Jesus was on course to go heal the next generation until he was stopped by the now generation. Boy, can I preach tonight? And so what happened was, was that Jesus understood something that you and I got to understand. And that is that the result of the now generation that is bleeding somehow can cause the next generation to start dying. This is why the devil's always trying to attack the now generation. Because if he can attack the now generation, then the next generation he already knows is going to die. Their dreams are going to die. Their aspirations are going to die. Their goals are going to die. Why? Because if a young person sees his mom bleeding, bleeding from pain, bleeding from hurt, bleeding from all these different things, they don't have no hope themselves. And so this, this, this woman, the Bible says, she... She touched the hem. And the Bible tells us in details that the disciples said, but, but Lord, why are you asking if someone touched you? Everybody's touching you. And people was touching Jesus on the shoulders and probably touching his head, his side. But it's interesting that this woman, which the Bible doesn't give us no description of who she is because she doesn't even, it doesn't even give us her name, which to some degree the writers would sit there and, and go, well, she probably was that, not that important. But she knew not just what to touch, but where to touch it. You see, in those days, priests wore garments. And those garments on the bottom had bells. So as they would walk, there would always be a sound. Because the priest was responsible for walking in the presence of God. But then also next to the, the bells were pomegranates. They would actually hang Pomegranates on the bottom. Why? Because pomegranates represent the covenant, the, the, the covenant God that we serve. It's why when you look at a pomegranate, its color is crimson red, which represents the blood. And then on the top of the pomegranate is called a crown, which represents the authority. And so you had the bells and the authority. But what but what was between them were these tassels. And this tassel is called a talith, which means the word of God or the Torah itself. So the Bible doesn't tell us that she touched the pomegranate. She didn't touch his authority. The Bible didn't tell us in details that she touched the bells. She didn't touch worship. But the Bible says she touched the hem. And that word hem is the talith, which means the word of God. So she didn't touch his shoulders. She didn't even touch his head. What she touched was the word. Because when you touch the word, the word itself will touch you in Jesus' name. Boy, you better help me preach today. Because people think that we need to get into worship or, or maybe I need to worship God or I need to do this or I need some authority. No, what you need to do is you need to get yourself in the word because when you touch the word, come on somebody, the word will touch you. And, and so the Bible says, the Bible says that, that 
that she, she pressed her way through the crowds and, and she, she touched the word. And that initiated the healing. But it didn't complete it. Because the Bible says that Jesus told his disciples when they asked him, everybody's touching you. He says, no. I felt something come out of me. I felt virtue. Power came out of me. You see, when she touched the word, it initiated healing. But the word has to release something in order for it to be completed. People get satisfied just reading their Bible. But they don't realize that you got to let what you read come back and read your life. There's times in which you got to get in the word and then let the word get inside of you. What good is it to read the word, but you're not allowing the word to read you? What good is it to study the word, but you're not allowing the word to study you? What good is it to feed the word, feed on the word, but you're not allowing the word to feed you? You see, at the end of the day, it wasn't just her touch, it was also his touch. Because when you come into the presence of God, it's your touch, but it also has to be his touch. And when you touch Jesus and you touch the word, how many know he's going to turn around and touch you in Jesus' name? It's what God does. What does he do? He, the miracles begin. But noticed how the story started. The story didn't start with the woman representing the now generation, touch him. It started with Jesus taking a different path on his way to heal the next generation. Yet, Jesus stops for the now generation. Now, if that was me and I was Jarius, went out of my ways, even bowed to my knees, which in some degree he was submitting to the authority of Jesus. Jews are never taught to bow. That's why you ever see the prime minister go visit countries like China the Chinese, they naturally bow. But you'll never see the prime minister of Israel bow because the Jews are only taught to bow to deity. And so because he wasn't in covenant to get Jesus to move, he had to submit. If you want Jesus to move, you got to submit. And so Jesus, so if I was Jairus, I'd have sat there and said, why are you stopping? I'm the one that got you going, and now you're stopping. My daughter is dying. But Jesus understood something. What good is it if I can heal the next generation but not heal the now generation? What good is it to save a young person? But that young person still comes home to a bleeding now generation. So Jesus stopped because he's trying to tell us something. That if I can heal the now generation, it would be very easy for me to go and heal the next generation. And so for you and I, what we got to realize is that when we're pointing our fingers at our children saying they need to get right with God, we need to look at our lives and say, God, I need to get right with God because at the end of the day, when I'm right with God, come on somebody, your children will be right with God. 
You can't expect your children to stop bleeding if you're not bleeding, if you're, if you're still bleeding yourself. You got to say, God, I want you to come and heal my areas in my life. I don't want to walk in unforgiveness no more. I don't want to walk in anger no more. I don't want to walk in things no more. I don't want to have no addictions no more. I want to walk in the anointing and the power of God so that the next generation can experience it in Jesus' name. Revival's not going to start with our young people until our now generation gets right with God. And they and he stopped. And she touched him. And then she gets healed. And then as she is down and Jesus tells her, you can... You can go in peace. The Bible says immediately, as, as Jesus was having a conversation, baby, you can go in, you, you can go in, in peace now. And, and he was probably telling her, like, hey, I know for 12 years you couldn't get pregnant. Why don't you go find a good-looking man and do what you were supposed to do as women in those days, and that was to be fruitful and multiply. So why don't you go out and, 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 and I'm pretty sure they were having this conversation, and then all of a sudden it's interrupted by doubt. Doubters always show up when faith is speaking. Always. You always, go on, you always, you always know you're speaking faith when somebody else is speaking doubt. You telling your dreams in the first, oh, well, I don't know if that can happen. Well, Jesus is having this conversation, and this doubter comes, and he's like, Jarius, Jarius, your daughter is dead. Tell the teacher he doesn't need to come. So imagine if you're Jarius. When he got to Jesus... And Jesus started going towards his home. His daughter was only dying. But now that he stopped to help a woman in which he would have never met if we weren't going towards my house. So he stops for her. And now that he stops for her, my daughter's dead. Like Jesus, if you would have never stopped... We would have made it home and my daughter would still be alive today. So you could imagine what he was feeling. And the doubter comes and the doubter doesn't speak to Jesus. Because doubt cannot have a conversation with faith. Come on, talk to me somebody. Listen to me, doubt cannot have a conversation with faith. And so he speaks to Jarius, and he says, Jarius, tell the teacher. What do you mean tell the teacher? The teacher's right there. Won't you tell him yourself? Tell the teacher he don't need to come because your daughter's dead. And notice what Jesus does. Jesus doesn't speak to the doubter. He speaks to Jarius, and he says, all you have to do is believe. Why? Because at the end of the day, Jesus was telling him, Sir, the facts is, is that she's dead, but it's not final. It's not final. You see, we spend too much energy talking to the doubters. Jesus didn't even have a, didn't even have a conversation with him. Matter of fact, when Jesus showed up, and, and when Jesus, when the guy, when the doubter showed up and started speaking to Jarius, Jerry, Jesus never even acknowledges the doubter. He speaks directly to Jarius. And Jarius had to make a choice. Do I continue this conversation with the doubter? Or do I still believe that he's going to heal my daughter? 
Because you're, you'll come to a place in your life where you will, you gotta, you're going to have to decide that I can't give my ears to the doubters any longer. Because it sabotages the faith that's inside my life. And she's, he, he said, oh, you, 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 you just got to believe. All you have to do, don't be afraid. Only believe. Don't be afraid. Only believe. And then the Bible says that when they came to his house, that Jesus was confronted with more doubters. Because doubt will begin with one. But the enemy will try to get more involved in it. Because at the end of the day, he's, if the devil knows he cannot scare you, he'll try to intimidate you. Because you know and he knows that your breakthrough is right around the corner. It happens all the time. One person get mad in church, then it's always like ten other people. And you like, that had even nothing to do with you. How'd you get involved? And so I've learned over the years that people don't get involved because they get involved. They're getting involved because the devil knew one couldn't scare me. But if he can get many, his tactic is he'll try to intimidate me. And then I'll land up compromising what I should have just stood on. It's why you, got, you can't be a people pleaser and a God pleaser at the same time. You got to know it in your spirit that God said it. And so, 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 so Jesus comes and, and there's all these people and they doubt him. Lord, I mean, Jarius, she's dead. And once again, Jesus doesn't even talk to them. She's not dead. She's sleeping. She ain't dead. Because it ain't final. And so Jesus says, take me to the room. Everybody knows who he is. They all know of his reputation. So everybody wanted a front row seat, even the doubters. But Jesus said, no, no, no. Y'all have to stay out. You can get close, but you can't come in. It's why folks in church, they can get close, but they can't go all in. You can't go all in if you still have doubt. You just, you, there's just certain places when God does something, he only wants people that got the same kind of faith he has. And so he, so they, 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 he says, y'all got to go. And then he goes in. He speaks to her, little girl, arise. She arises. And the first thing Jesus tells her is go get something to eat. Just like the first thing Jesus told Lazarus when he came out of the tomb, go get something to eat. Because anybody that gets resurrected needs some food. It's why it's imperative. And when someone gets saved, they need to start feasting on the food. Because when, because when you are on an empty stomach, you'll start eating anything that looks good. You'll start eating things that you know exactly are bad for you. It's why the devil tries to keep you out the word. And the reason why he tries to keep you out the word is because he's trying. He knows he can't defeat you. So what does he do? He sits there and he tries to, 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 to make you not eat the food of the word so that your appetite is not fulfilled. And then all of a sudden, whatever comes looking good, you'll end up eating it. It's like the worst thing you can do is go to the grocery store when you're hungry. Well, you come home with all kinds of stuff. 
My wife looking at me saying, I didn't, I, that Oreo cookies was not on that list. Come on, some zingers was not on that list. But, you, but I was hungry. And anything that looked good that was bad for me, I put it in my part. It's the same thing that happens in the spirit. It's why you'll end up eating on something and then afterwards tell yourself, why did I do that? You did it because it looked good. I always remind my kids, anytime you watch an alcohol commercial, it always looks fun. They partying. Oh, man, they're fun. They're having a good time. Imagine if the advertisers that were advertising alcohol really advertised the real results. Imagine a man coming stumbling into the house and then hits his wife. Or imagine them getting in a car and hitting an innocent child. How many know folks won't be lining up buying some alcohol? Because the devil will always try to package something and make it look so good. When at the end of the day, it's out to steal, kill, and destroy the dreams that God has for your life. So what did she do? What did she do? One, the now generation, she touched him. Then Jesus got to the next generation and he touched her. Because the now generation touched him, it releases God to go and touch the next generation. We can't expect the next generation to touch God when the now generation ain't doing it. So I don't lift my hands because I want to. There's times I lift my hands because I have to. Because I want to touch him because as long as I'm touching him, he's always going to touch my children. There's going to be some times that my children don't got the faith to touch him. But if they got a daddy that's always touching God, they're going to have a savior that's always going to touch them in Jesus' name. Boy, I'm preaching right now. Oh, God, touch our next generation. And God's saying, touch me. Oh, God, touch my children. And God's response is, touch me. Oh, God, touch my, touch my grandbabies. And God's saying, touch me. So that's why when you wake up in the morning and you sit there and say, Lord, I'm lifting my hands. I'm trusting in you. I'm touching you. You're initiating the power of God to go out and touch the next generation because the now generation is touching him. In Jesus' name. So what did she do? What did she do? Let me give you three things. And then we're going to wrap this thing up. We're going to pray for some folks. We're going to touch him tonight. We're going to touch him because we know he's going to go and touch everybody else. Don't be shocked when you get home and something happened in your house. Three things you could do when you're waiting for your final. The first thing she did was she changed her posture. She changed her posture. She was standing. But in order to touch the word, she had to change her posture. You can't stand on your own. It's why you're in the situation you're in right now. So what you need to do is you need to change your posture. See, when you go and touch the word, the word humbles you. I tell people all the time, I would rather humble myself than get humbled. Because when I humble myself, I do that in private. But when you get humbled, God does that in public. Come on, talk to me. So you have a choice every morning. I'm going to humble myself or I'm going to land up getting humbled. I'm going to humble myself in private to save the embarrassment of getting humbled in public. 
you got to change your posture. When standing, she was bleeding. But when she was on her knees, she was being healed. Something happens when you change your posture. You're saying, God, I, God said, no, no, you need to humble yourself. The second thing is she changed her pursuit. When thinking he needs to come to me is really that I need to go to him. Because we sit around in church sometimes thinking the presence of God is here. Oh, he's going to come to me. No, he's going to pass you by. Because at the end of the day, you got to change your pursuit. Some of you sit there sometimes, hands crossed over your chest. Oh, well, I'm in church. I'm just glad I made it. And then nothing happened in your life. Because you're expecting him to pursue you. When you should be pursuing him. And then the third thing is I close. She changed her pattern. For 12 years, the Bible says that she kept on going to one physician after the other. It became a pattern. And all of a sudden, the problem was still present until, until she touched the word. And when she touched the word, it healed the problem. But then Jesus tells her, go in peace. That changed the pattern. Everybody wants to change the problem. But you can't change the problem unless you change the pattern. Well, you know, Pastor Obed, I'm, I'm addicted to alcohol. Why are you addicted to alcohol? Well, because my mama was addicted to alcohol. My mama's mama was addicted to alcohol. My mama's mama, mama's mama was addicted to alcohol. Well, how many know alcohol is not the problem? It's a what? It's a pattern. Well, you know, Pastor Obed, I, I got divorced. Well, why'd you get divorced? Well, because my daddy got divorced. Oh, well, why, why'd your daddy get divorced? Because his daddy got divorced. And then his daddy's daddy's daddy got divorced. How many know divorce is not a problem? Divorce is a what? Well, Pastor Obed, I'm just afraid that my kid's going to get hooked on drugs. Why are you afraid to get your kid's going to get hooked on drugs? Well, because I was hooked on drugs. Well, well, didn't you get saved? Yeah, yeah, but, but my mama was hooked on drugs and my daddy was hooked on And then my daddy's daddy was hooked. How many know drugs is not the problem? Well, you know, we don't have enough. Well, why don't you have enough? Well, because this is the way I was always raised. We never had enough. Well, why were you raised that way? Well, because that's just the way I was raised. Well, have you ever asked your mom, did she ever have enough? No, no, they never had enough either. How many know having not enough is not a, is not a problem? It's a what? It's a pattern. We want to trim the branches, but we don't want to kill the root you can't ask God to change the problem and not change the pattern because then after a few months the problem shows up again cut the fruit change the problem six months later the fruit comes back why because it's on a pattern. You change the pattern, you'll never have a problem getting delivered from the problem. It's why the Bible says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So Jesus just doesn't heal you. He'll change your pattern. You get touched tonight, you go in peace, and then you come back tomorrow. And then you come back on Sunday, 
And then you come back the next Sunday. And then you come back the next Sunday. Why? Because at the end of the day, if you don't want that problem to come back, you got to what? Change the what? You got to change the pattern. But the woman, she pressed her way. She changed her posture. She changed her position. And then it changed her condition. And the now generation touched it. And when the now generation touched, the facts were no longer final. When he's confronted that your daughter is dying, those are facts. But when he got there and he raised her up, they weren't final. The facts? I was raised in a broken home. My daddy left my home when I was 12 years old got hooked on drugs and hooked on alcohol, kicked out of eight schools, in and out of prison between 12 and 16. Those are the facts. But I'm standing here tonight because they weren't final. I was addicted to drugs. Those are the facts. But I'm set free today because they're not final. I was hooked on alcohol, those are the facts. But I'm standing preaching up here tonight because they're not final. See, I was broken and those are facts. But I'm standing whole and healed tonight because they weren't final. My mama, husband walked out on her, but those were the facts. But a couple of years later, her husband comes walking back into the house because that divorce wasn't final. I'm gonna let you know tonight that whatever you're going through, they may be the facts, but I'm going to tell you because of the word of God, they will not be final in Jesus' name. Boy, I feel God right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. He's here to tell you tonight. He's here to tell you tonight. It doesn't matter what the devils took you through. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it was the facts that they were in the fiery furnace but it wasn't final. It was a fact that Goliath was much larger to knock out an army called Israel. But how many of you know that it wasn't final? How many of you know that it was a fact that Jesus died on the cross, but three days later, it wasn't final in Jesus' name? What are you saying tonight? I'm saying you're going, I'm not denying the facts that you're going through some pain. I'm not denying the fact that you're going through some struggles. I'm not, I'm not, more, I'm not minimizing what you're going through. But I came all the way from California to tell you, I agree, I understand, I can see your facts, but I'm here to let you know that they are not final. You may have, you may have got a bad report from the doctors. Those may be the facts, but they're not final. Why? Because if God is still God and he's on the throne, I'm letting you know tonight he's going to heal you, he's going to bless you, he's going to deliver you tonight in Jesus' name. Why? Because the facts are not, come on, the facts are not, come on, when it comes to my children, the facts are not, when it comes to my marriage, the facts are not, when it comes to my job and my career, the facts are not, come on, when it comes to my family salvation, the facts are not, oh, Jesus. They're not final in Jesus' name. What do I need to do? What do I need to do? I need to change my position. I need to change my posture. 
I can't wait for him to come to me. I need to go to him. I need to touch his hand tonight. I need to not care about the person on the right or the left. I don't care what you think about me. I'm going to get to these altars as quick as I can. i got to lose myself in the presence of God right now. The spirit of the breaker is here right now. I don't know about you, but if you need a breakthrough tonight, you need to step out your seats and you need to get to these altars tonight because you need to tell the devil, I'm coming with my facts, but those facts are not final tonight. God's about to do something in your life that he's ready and been wanting to do in Jesus name I'm pursuing him I'm going after him I'm I want to touch him tonight I don't need no preacher to touch me I need to touch him tonight that's what I've come to do I've come to touch him tonight 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 it's what I've come to do I've come to touch him tonight He's a God that will break your addictions. He's a God that will break generational curses. He's the God that will break the spirit of poverty and, and the spirit of scarcity in this place. Some of you got so big dreams inside of you and you question yourself. How can it be? I'm just an ordinary person from Opelousas. No, you ain't ordinary, you're extraordinary. Stop telling yourself you're like everybody else. You ain't going to be like where you came from. Come on, you're going to take the next generation on where you're going. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things become brand new in your life now. When I planted my church 20 years ago, they'll tell you. Pastor Randy over there, she was one of seven families. She was just a little kid when we planted our church. Now she's pastoring running around the living room. The, the experts told us, church growth experts, I love them. Don't go to that part of the town. They, they got 52 churches in a little small city. None of them are over 100. It's the most impoverished area. I said, that's where I'm going. And God started to raise up people's thinking I spoke to that spirit of scarcity I said let me tell you something about people from the hood we know how to hustle we turned a lot of dope dealers into hope dealers we hustle we never have problems with tear down set we always hustling the problem is is that they didn't, it's not that they never had an opportunity. You know what the problem was? They didn't believe in themselves. And they can get someone to believe in them and bring greatness out of you. I'm going to pull greatness out of you. And what you said you cannot be, you're going to be more than that. And he will take this heart of yours. It's been hurt, stabbed, broken. And it's caused up here to be confused. And you've looked at yourself and because of what others viewed you as, you lowered what you were always called to be. God is raising you up right now. He's going to heal your heart. He's going to renew your mind. There is greatness in you. know you're real every area of her life every relationship 
He's healing your heart right now, sweetheart. It's what he's doing. He's healing your heart because you came willing to touch him tonight. Yeah. I sense God in this place. Young man, you've made a lot of detours. You've gone to the right and to the left. You've trusted the wrong voices. But the one thing that you always had was that you were fearless. You trust people. Sometimes it ended up burning you. And if you will take that same trust and trust in God, he will do in you what no eyes have seen and no ear has heard. I just see, I'm, I have my hand over you and I feel like I'm touching a magnet right now. That you attract. You're a leader, young man. You were never meant to follow, but to lead. And I pray the spirit of Caleb over you right now. In the name of Jesus, right now, courage, healing in this family, healing right now, in the name of Jesus. For I'm the Lord thy God that has never abandoned you. I'll be your father. It's what I'll be to you. In the name of Jesus. I feel God. I'm telling you, don't wait for me. Just touch him right now. He's here. The spirit of the breaker is here. The spirit of the breaker is here. Every curse is being reversed right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Teenage pregnancy is being broken right now. Come on, we breaking that. We going, we breaking that right now in Jesus' name. We breaking it. We breaking it. We breaking it. That spirit of alcoholism that's just been penetrating one generation after the other. I said we're breaking it. This is the generation that's going to break it right now. We breaking it right now. In Jesus' name, we thank you. 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 You've been tough. You've had to do it by yourself. You had to carry it. Them shoulders are worn down. You're tired. Man, I'm rubbing your shoulders and I'm feeling a ton of weight right now. And the Lord is telling me to cast your cares on him because he cares for you. You've been saying, Lord, I feel like I'm doing this all by myself. No, you haven't. You got him. It's all you need. You don't need anybody else. He's going to make you whole. He's going to heal every area of your life. And how you've trusted in others and they've let you down, you will trust in him. And he will fulfill every dream in your life. In the name of Jesus. I don't know you, but God does. That's why he's touching you right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Every child. Everyone that bears your name you will see come to the altars before your last eye of life shuts for I've heard your prayers says the Lord the cry of your heart I see it I see it I see it I see it thank you Joshua yeah you like an Esther you strong. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for healing.
thank you for healing right now. Thank you, Lord, for strength to you. I speak peace to the areas in your life that have been chaotic. I speak peace in the name of Jesus right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you the praise. We give you the praise. He ain't finished yet. He ain't finished. It ain't finished. Thank you. When Jesus says it is finished, he wasn't necessarily saying it is finished. He was saying what I was doing is finished. He says it is finished. He didn't say I am finished. There's some things that have tried to finish. But it ain't going to happen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I give you the praise right now. I give you the praise. I give you the praise. There's healing right now. Restorations coming to your home. Coming to you. I'll restore the years that the locust and the canker worm have stolen. I've taken inventory, says the Lord. I've taken to account what has tried to come and rob you. You've had to be the pillar, the strength. But he says, when you're weak is when I'm strong. Sweetheart, you don't have to be strong in the presence of God right now. He's going to save everybody for you. You don't need to worry, stress, have anxiety. You don't need to have none. The peace of God comes upon you right now. In the name of Jesus. Healing right now. Thank you, Lord. Come on, we just lingering in the presence of God right now. We just touching him. That's all we doing, right? You didn't come to you didn't come to touch me. You came to touch him. Right, young lady? You're gonna touch him tonight. May your life be turned on fire for God. May your life be turned on fire for God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm about to open some new doors for you. There's some new opportunities going to come your way. There's been some setbacks and some holdups. There's been some things inside of you that you've been wanting to do. You've been asking God, when's the right timing? And the Lord's going to make divine appointments take place. Trust in Him guiding you. The Lord says, I'm going to bless you because you have a compassion for young ladies people that have gone through some things you've gone through that you've been asking the Lord if you'll do something for me God I'll dedicate the blessing of helping others and God says put your hands out like this God says I'm a trust if I'm a place within your hands the two fish and five loaves they may not look alike but they'll continue to multiply in those hands. If you keep on feeding, don't ever allow your hands to become this. Keep them hands like this. And give what's in those hands to someone that needs it. And he's going to provide for you. He's going to open up doors for you. You're going to look back in about two years and say, Lord, I don't even know how I got here. I don't even know what's happened. But God is saying, I'm going to do it because I can trust those hands, says the Lord right now. Tell him I feel them right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, don't wait for me. Just lift your hands right now. 
It's all you got to do. Just all you got to do is just touch him. That's as easy as that. Touch him. He touches him. That's all you have to do. I touch the word. I'll stay committed to touching the word. That's all I'll do. If you'll fall in love with this, like you fall in love with this, it'll change every area in your life. Every area in your life. You spend so much time on TikTok, Facebook. Get your face in the book, right? Right here. That's all you got to do. And just spend some time in this. It'll change your life. You, you know what I do? My wife will tell you. You know what I do sometimes? My prayer time. It's, it's going to look funny. And I'm going to give it to your pastor because I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Can I pray a blessing over you? There's times in my prayer life, prayer time, that I'll get this right here. There's times, sometimes when, when, when I have some burdens, I just, I lay down and watch sports. And I'll just put this on my chest. And I'll say, Lord, let your word cover my heart. There's mornings I wake up, Pastor, and I get the word. I'm done praying. My mother used to do this. She'd put the Bible down. Don't get offended, some. And she'd stand on it. And she says, Lord, I've done everything I can. I've done everything that I know. But I'm going to stand on this. There's times I do that. And then there's times when I don't have understanding or clarity. I'll sit there, I'll say, Lord, I don't have understanding. I don't have clarity. I'm responsible for so many people. And I don't even know where to take them. But you've crowned me with wisdom right now. You're crowning me with understanding right now. You're giving me innovative and creative ideas right now. You're showing me direction right now. There's just times I, I, I just, because I just believe in this. I believed in when someone says, hey, you want some weed? I said, is it good? Yeah. I trusted them. I smoked it. I was a good kid. No excuse to be on the streets. But I saw them dudes driving them nice cars. All the girls. I was like, man. And they was like, you can have that. Well, I trusted them. They didn't have the best interest in for me. When I went to jail, I never got a letter from them. I'm, I got your back. You don't got my back. And I don't need you to have my back. But they lie to you. This don't lie to you. This right here will change this right here. You'll accomplish every dream. Man, you so big. You got some big old yokes. Man, how are you, them crutches holding you? Your shoulders are massive. But man, if you trust this more, them dreams you guys have, you'll be a testimony to people. People look at you two and say, how are you doing that? And you tell them, I'm not qualified, but I've been chosen. That's you. You have a heart to take care of this, to give them the life you never had. It's why you work. It's why you get up. It's why you sacrifice. It's why you do what you do. And sometimes you just want to be appreciated. Sometimes maybe you're like, God, give me a break. I don't want to carry this no more. Your shoulders, I've been, I, I'm telling you, I've been, I've been seeing, and your shoulders just, a, like, I'm not jealous, but I am, you know, and, but I looked at them shoulders, and I said, Lord, this man got dreams. 
and you got the shoulders to carry them. So he's allowed stress and worry to build your stamina and to build your strength for what's next. If you'll trust this right here, this right here, you commit to this. As you commit to them weights, so Lord, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to spend one hour and you be doing these things, right? No, no, you do these things. So you, 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 you do them shoulder things. You do these, right? You take that same passion you have. And you say, Lord, I'm going to lift this every day. And you do that, your whole family change. It changed everything. It's in your heart, huh? That's why you're crying. You're a big man. Big men don't cry. That's why you're crying. Because you know you love Jesus. And listen, you don't want, you want to give these people the best. That, that's, that's your heart. It's your heart. He's going to open up doors for you. He's going to bring supernatural opportunities to you. God brought me a supernatural opportunity when I committed to this. Watch what's going to come your way. Now, Lord, I thank you for the supernatural opportunities that are coming his way. Lord, I thank you that he'll commit his heart, but he'll commit his life. He'll commit his future. This family shall be blessed. You shall eat the good of the land, the Lord says. If you're willing and obedient, Isaiah 1, chapter verse 19, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. You will have that home that you dreamed of. He got it for you. He got it for you. Come on, stretch your hands towards heaven. As your hands are stretched towards heaven, see yourself touching the word. Touching the word. And you do this every day. You just don't do it in spiritual renewal. You'll do it every day. When you touch the word every day, you'll never be in a desperate position because you're always desperate. The Bible says the blessings of the Lord are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Why would you not want new blessings? So every day you don't get in his word, you're missing out on blessings that belong to you because they're new every morning, which means that some of you are still eating the crumbs of last week's blessings. Every day he got blessings for you. I wake up in the morning and I say, Lord, what blessings do you have for me today? He says, I got new blessings for you, Obed. New blessings. Now, Jesus, I thank you for touching every person that's here. They got a revelation today. They walking out of church, and this is a message they'll never forget. They'll always remember. I'm not denying the facts, but I just don't agree they're final. Because the facts are not final. And as long as Jesus is in it, come on, I'm in it.